What are MMA fighters most afraid of? A random visit from USADA? Having your contract extended by Dana White after you turn down a fight? How about having your bus attacked by Irish hooligans? No, most MMA fighters face fear on a daily basis. It is by and large a byproduct of their own choice of hazardous occupation. But seemingly from the wastelands of Outworld itself, we've seen several fighters emerge to do battle in the octagon, making their competition look like the mere mortals they are in comparison. Through sheer dominance, devastating finishes, or intimidating presence alone, these fighters have dispatched foe after foe until they have had the rest of their division begging for the aid of Lord Raiden or the help of Captain Sean Shelby to navigate their career past them. So with that being said, when looking at those fighters who attained boogeyman status, we have excluded reigning champions. But seeing how some eventual title holders terrorized their divisions before they ever held a belt, you'll find their names included. Hello, it's me again, Bailey from MMA On Point, and today I'll be regaling you all with the tale of 10 Divisional Boogeymen. Number 10, Jessica Andrade. With a sledgehammer for a spirit animal, Jessica Andrade has haunted weight classes up and down the UFC's women's divisions, successfully achieving finishes across three separate categories. Since her arrival in the UFC in 2013 at 135 pounds, we've been introduced to the muscle-bound, aptly named Bache Estaka, as she chased down opponents and literally pile-drived much of her UFC competition into the ground. After some impressive performances whilst undersized at 5'2 in the women's bantamweight division, Andrade made the switch down two weight classes and looked as terrifying as you'd expect a former 135er would as she steamrolled through Jessica Penne, Joanne Calderwood and Angela Hill by way of the Andrade special. PAIN! This impressive streak got her a shot at the belt and in Ioana and Jacek faced the only woman seemingly able to navigate the shark-infested waters that is an Andrade fight. She still looked terrifying though and spent the entire contest launching missiles that whizzed by the champion's head. To the horror of her fellow competitors, she returned to the divisional ladder and went to war, overwhelming Claudia Gadea and Tisha Torres before knocking the poor Polish princess out cold. This was the height of Andrade Boogie Woman's status. She cleaned out her fellow competition in the division and mostly in a terrifying manner. She would go on to KO Thug Rose via earth-shattering slam and claim the belt. Number 9. Glover Teixeira a man who's now settled in at grizzled veteran status and at the time of writing this is most likely about to receive his second UFC title shot seven years removed from his first, Glover Teixeira entered the UFC under a completely different veil of fandom, however, mostly surrounding his 22-fight unbeaten streak and potential to unseat longtime champion John Jones. He joined the UFC roster in 2012, unbeaten in six years, highly touted by hardcore fans due in part to his coach John Hackleman, trainer of infamous berserker Chuck Liddell, and his 10 first-round knockout victories prior to his UFC debut. We were bombarded with UFC promotion, emphasizing the power in his hands, according to Hackleman, and subsequent ability to threaten the champion Jones. With three finishes in his four UFC fights, no one wanted to share a smoke. And after he stopped Ryan Bader in a title eliminator match via devastating combo, there was no choice but to book him in for the title. There was a veterancy about the way Teixeira was dispatching foes. It was not enough that he clearly had the power he was touted for, but a well-rounded MMA game patience, and a toughness and grit that was almost immeasurable. It was all very scary. The division parted like the Red Sea and let Glover move forward towards his title shot, with very little complaint from all parties involved. Number 8. Vitor Belfort 
If you were lucky enough to have been an MMA fan in 2013, you would have been present at a very special time in combat sports history. Not only were testosterone use exemptions being handed out like free samples at Costco's, but you would have borne witness to the rise of the now legendary TRT Vitor. A savage among savages brought forth from the depths of Brazil to unleash spinning wheel kicks onto unsuspecting faces. He had competed in the UFC for over 15 years, but recently had a request for testosterone replacement therapy granted. As if he'd been given a shot of Bane juice itself, Vitor strapped on a couple of pounds of extra muscle and went out to make 2013 his bitch. His first victim, a two-eyed Michael Bisping, was met with a shin to the face and a barrage of punches fueled by the wrath of God himself. Next up was Strikeforce champion Luke Rockhold making his UFC debut. Skadoosh! Sorry Luke, gonna have to get in line at 185 and here, hold on to my heel while you're at it. Then, despite being on a two-fight skid, Dan Henderson seemingly the only opponent that agreed to a bout was delivered a one-shot shin to the skull. TRT Vitor put the entire UFC roster in brown pants mode, with the tenacity, explosivity, and savagery of his onslaught. But TRT was outlawed, and we wouldn't see him compete for nearly two years. By then, he'd lost most of his momentum along with his muscle mass, but you know a man is scary when they literally change a ruling in the sport around the massacre that you have left in your wake. Number 7. Mark Kerr Hulk smash! I'm kidding, we would never let Hulk fight in the UFC. Are you crazy? He'd never pass you started testing. But we did get pretty damn close to the green machine in the late 90s when the sport of MMA was invaded by one Mark Kerr. A veritable monster of a man with an upper torso bigger than Dana White's bank account. Kerr continued the era of dominance started by American wrestlers like Mark Coleman in the sport's infancy. Mark went on a 13-fight unbeaten streak, with each victim being subjected to his dominant takedown and ground-and-pound assault. His first nine bouts were over in the first round, mostly lasting a few minutes before opponents succumbed to the pressure and crushing presence of the smashing machine. And it wasn't always good technique, it was just his physical stature that made him so scary, and he was one of those guys that forced other heavyweights to bulk up just so they could stay in there with him, without being stampeded in the opening seconds or risk being caught in one of Kerr's patented chin-to-the-eye submission techniques. Kerr was all about muscle, power, and just smashing the life out of you, hence the aptly awarded nickname, and for a three-year period, he dominated both Pride and the UFC, and at the time, was the scariest man on the planet. Number 6. Tatiana Suarez as most MMA fighters will tell you, it's not always the fear of the fight that has them questioning their life choices backstage, but the fear of underperforming to their potential. Well, when it comes to worst nightmares for a striker, being controlled and kept on the mat by a wrestler is certainly up there. And with the dominance shown by Tatiana Suarez, I'm sure she's haunted a few dreams over the last five years. Still undefeated at the time of this list and still irrefutably one of the most feared women at 115 pounds, Tatiana Suarez has shown virtually zero weaknesses in the face of the UFC's competition, getting every single opponent to the canvas, controlling and battering them with an onslaught of ground and pound and top pressure. Not only unrelenting in her attack, but unstoppable in executing it. With a takedown average of 6.47, she's successfully placed on the mat every opponent she's encountered, with most being unable to return to their feet until the horn sounds. As if it wasn't hard enough for her to find a fight in a division full of strikers desperate to keep their own win streaks intact, she's also had a slew of injuries that have kept her sidelined since 2019. But I expect there are more dominant performances to come from the boogie women that straw weight. Speaking of grapplers, number 5. Habib Namaga Madoff 
Most fans, casuals, will tell you that wrestling just isn't as exciting as two guys slugging it out on the feet. The unbridled chaos and violence just isn't as present, but opinions are often changed after witnessing the smashing Habib Namagamadoff has been seen to impart on his UFC competition. Now, remember, we are talking about Intimidation's status outside of being a UFC champion, and during the rise of the Eagle, he was every bit the boogeyman. His relentless pace, followed by takedown attempt after takedown attempt, was enough to make most of the roster contemplate signing on the dotted line. And if that wasn't enough, once the fight did hit the mat, what followed was an act of pure violence that wouldn't have been out of place in a prison yard riot. The amount of control Habib leveraged over his opponents in grappling exchanges would inevitably set them up for some of the most devastating ground and pound in UFC history. As Namaga Madoff would often gleefully discuss with them during the process the final points of giving up and what the definition of the word smash means. <laughs> Undefeated in his career and nothing short of dominant in his UFC run to the title, if you weren't guaranteed to look bad when agreeing to fight Habib, you also risk getting exhausted and crushed under his pressure. Only injuries slowed him down and he ended how he started in the UFC, scarily dominant. Number 4. Francis Ngannou Subjectively, if you ask someone what the scariest fighter on the planet would be, their response would most likely describe a heavyweight who KOs everyone with one punch. Well, that's pretty much exactly what we got to see in Francis Ngannou's rise to UFC champion, sailing punches towards opponent's chin with as much power as a Ford Escort topping out its speed limit. It was a slower burn for Ngannou as he entered the octagon as a relatively unknown and green fighter having only six professional fights in two years under his MMA belt. It was, however, hard to ignore the wake of devastation he left in the form of crumpled and unconscious bodies snoozing in the octagon as he climbed up the heavyweight rankings. Despite a clear mismatch and experience against all his UFC competition, Ngannou successfully unleashed his talent for concussion time and time again, as Joe Rogan put it, bringing his bazooka to a gunfight, effortlessly pulling the trigger and watching the mayhem unfold. Even after failing to capture the belt in his first title shot against Stipe, he returned to the UFC rankings to dispatch foes in even quicker fashion, racking up four KOs in two minutes of octagon time. Why would you fight this guy? He was also insanely marketable, physically intimidating, had effortless power, and consistently haunts the dreams of much of the heavyweight division. Number 3. Yoel Romero there's nothing more scary than a fear of the unknown. And given the fact that a 40-plus-year-old man can look like a human gorilla crossed with a real-life Hercules is pretty unexplainable, I'd say that certainly is reason enough to be terrified. Truly a soldier of God, Yoel Romero carved a brutal path through the UFC's middleweight division, performing feats of athleticism reserved for Cirque du Soleil or the demigods themselves. Robert Whittaker described hitting Yoel Romero like hitting pure steel. He's one of the most dangerous people on the planet. No one wants to fight him, and for good reason. And watching punches bounce off him during his UFC career will certainly add to that mythos. Romero's ability to lure his opponents into a false sense of security, then explode in the blink of an eye and banish someone's soul is not only endlessly entertaining, but equally scary, never knowing when he will choose to explode or continue to call you forward as he smoothly dances his way about the octagon. It's also the fact that most of the time, it doesn't even look like Romero is trying, content to calmly ride the wave of the fight as if he's out fishing for some Cuban Piscado before leaping forth like a breaching great white. He made it to 8-0 in his UFC run before challenging for a belt, KOing flat six of his opponents with even the champion Bisping finding other reasons to take other fights. See you soon, 
boy. Romero was always the fight no one wanted to take and was even granted a title shot against Adesanya after losing two fights in a row just because he's so scary. Number 2. Anthony Rumble Johnson when contemplating Anthony Johnson, I'm always reminded of a childhood story he tells about his granddad who asked him to tighten a bolt on a wagon. Anthony wound and wound the bolt until it snapped in half. In a real-life superhero origin story-like moment and from then on he knew he was put on earth to knock motherfuckers out. And that he did exactly 11 times in his 13 UFC victories, entering the promotion in 2007 and racking up 6 knockouts before returning to the organization in 2014 where he would truly earn boogeyman status. One by one, Rumble fought the established who's who of the division, and one by one he sent them all to the Shadow Realm, stopped only each time by People's Champion Daniel Cormier. After losing his first title opportunity, he returned to the ranks of the division to take on any poor soul keen to challenge him, which I'm sure there were not many, and proceeded to score three straight KOs in less than two minutes of octagon time. Rumble certainly had the intimidation factor down, as every shot he fired in his opponent's direction had them seize up in fear of a collision course, and their often reluctance to return offense would lead to another punch ultimately connecting on their chin. Number 1. Tony Ferguson of course, El Kakui himself would make it to the number one spot on this list, and I will see if I can comprehensively compile a list of accolades that make him truly such a terrifying opponent to compete against. For you see, there is one thing all fighters fear more than anything else, getting tired. And when the pace and pressure put forth by Tony slowly starts to close the walls around you, and the blackness of exhaustion settles upon you like a lightless fog with two eyes glowing in that darkness, you'll know you have entered the stuff of nightmares and the realm of the boogeyman. And this was very much the narrative of the six years war and 12 fight winning streak raged by El Kakui in the UFC's lightweight division. An unassailable force of nature on the feet and a snake pit of submissions and elbows on the canvas, the well-rounded nature of Ferguson's game made victory an unclear possibility for each of his UFC opponents. And while they continued to figure out the best strategy to employ, Tony would continue to pour on the pressure, introducing sweat, blood and chaos into every fight. No matter what you hit him with, Tony would wouldn't go away, as he took his fair share of big punches from the likes of Pettis, Venada, and Barbosa, looking like an unstoppable zombie of destruction. Tony was truly terrifying, and you only have to look at the collage of his opponent's faces to know what you'd be in for in an El Kakui contest. His period of dominance will forever live on in MMA history, as will the legends of the Boogeyman. A big shout out to Luke Taylor for editing this video. You can find him and some of his amazing artwork on Twitter at cool2me underscore. Shout out to Ben Rosette and the excellent music he provided during the intro video. His music can be found on streaming platforms everywhere. There is a link in the description and follow him at Ben Rosette on Instagram and on Twitter. Thank you very much for watching everyone today. Please go ahead and like and subscribe if you did enjoy the content. We upload at least three videos every week for your viewing pleasure. Go ahead and leave a comment below if you want to join in the discussion and follow us on Twitter at MMA on Point and myself at Balian underscore plays. You can now jump in and join the community discord as well if you want to continue the discussion further and I hope you've enjoyed yourselves. I'll see you in the next one.